Hey, Dr. Mike here. Are you living with chronic back pain and looking for relief? Well, stay tuned to learn more with our special guest, Dr. Ashley Mack. You're listening to Live Foreverish, a show dedicated to helping you live just a little longer. Here's your hosts, Dr. Mike and Dr. Crystal Gosser. All right, sciatica, Dr. Crystal. This is big. I'm glad yes, we're talking about is. that. Yeah, this is a big issue. So many people with back pain from various sources, but sciatica is probably uh, one of the big ones. So we have Dr. Ashley Mack. He's a physical therapist with 10 years experience in the orthopedics and chronic pain world. He is the proud owner of ifixyoursciatica.com. Love it. I love I love when the UR tells you exactly what you're going to get out of it, right? That's awesome. And it is a podcast, so we'll remind the audience of that again. Dr. Ashley believes that everyone should live pain-free so that they can do the things they love. Dr. Mack, can I, can I call you Dr. Ashley or Dr. Mack? What do you want to be called? Uh, you can call me Ashley or Dr. Mack or Dr. Ashley, whatever you prefer. Dr. Ashley, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So um, the, the, our podcast is titled Live Forever-ish. And we throw that little ish in there because the focus really is on living, yeah, living longer, but making sure those 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 extra years are good years, strong years, vibrant years. And I'm going to throw in there pain-free years, right? Tell us your journey a little bit. How, how did you get so focused on sciatica? It's been a fantastic journey, actually. So I'll just start off with, I never knew that I wanted to be a physical therapist until I was in physical therapy school. Uh, I was one of those kids who actually just applied to physical therapy school because it just, my guidance counselor said I'd be a great physical therapist. I had no idea what the profession entailed. And so I had the opportunity to actually apply for an accelerated program. And I actually had to grow up very quickly because I was in a class filled with adults and I was still my early 20s, 19, 20 years old pursuing a doctorate program, and I really had to understand what I was getting myself into. Luckily, as I was able to progress through my studies, I realized that this was a fantastic profession. And when I actually got an opportunity to go into the clinic and work as an intern and officially as a licensed physical therapist, I realized, oh my goodness, this is a profession that I wanted to do. And so in 2012, I was working at a physical therapy clinic, small mom and pop shop, seeing all walks of life. And one of the big things that I've learned during that first year was the fact that I couldn't be an expert in everything. And from there, that actually began my journey. That was back in 2012. Uh, that's actually where I began my journey in trying to identify what do I happen to be particularly good at. And as a collegiate athlete uh, back in college and retired, I, I, I knew that I enjoyed being active and incorporating activity into the daily lives of my patients have actually provided an extremely improved quality of life for them. And then the focus on sciatica specifically actually came about probably about five or six years ago where it came out of a position of frustration because I had all these people who were really suffering and we'll go into a little bit more about what sciatica is, but these people were experiencing so much pain. It was affecting their lives. They couldn't play with their kids. They couldn't go for a walk. They couldn't just enjoy the little things that are not very important to us as like when we're not in pain. And so I took a deep dive and tried to figure out, okay, what are the most important aspects to sciatica pain relief and how I can implement that? And then 
the ifixersciatica.com platform and the Fixer Sciatica podcast actually came to fruition about two years ago in the middle of the pandemic because just like many people, we couldn't contact people or we couldn't be around people in person. And so I realized, wow, this is a perfect opportunity for me to actually provide a platform and information for folks who are suffering from sciatic pain who couldn't go to the doctor. And over the years, I've realized that pain really doesn't necessarily have to be complicated. It just has to focus on results. And that was one of the most, the proudest moments in my life where I could focus on the patient themselves and focus Very on good. Them. Yeah. Before, well, I'm going to let Dr. Crystal kind of walk us through some of our questions for you. But before I do, I do think it's important to let our college student audience members um, you know, listen to your guidance counselors, but maybe not follow them blindly. I think Dr. Matt got lucky. That's great. <laughs> you might want to do some research before just jumping into a, a huge profession like that, but it worked out for you and that's fantastic. Um, Dr. Crystal, do you want to kick us off with maybe just some basics on sciatica? Yeah. So that that's where I figured we would just jump right in explaining what sciatica is. It's, um, my understanding, it's not just back pain. It's not just lower back pain. So kind of walk our listeners through sciatica. What is it? And I'm also curious um, how often you saw it when you were, especially kind of that first year or so when you were starting off practicing, did you see a lot of people coming in with sciatica? Yeah, these are great questions. I so let's start off with what sciatica is. So if you were to go on to Google or search online, sciatica is a is is part of the lumbar radiculopathy classes. And so radiculopathy is an irritation of the nerves that exit in the spine, and radiculopathy is going to be various different nerves that exit your spine. And the ultimately, when nerve uh, all of your nerves exit your spine, exit off of your spinal cord, and so. Sciatica itself is a clear definition of saying that there is irritation that falls in line with the sciatic nerve. And the sciatic nerve originates from the spinal cord. I actually like to say that it actually originates from the brain because all of our nerves originate from our brain. It mm -hmm. travels down our spinal cord, which is actually sheathed and protected by our spinal column, our vertebrae. Mm -hmm. And then it actually exits our spinal column through nerve roots, um, which include the L4, L5, S1, S2, and S3 nerve roots. So what that means is that there are at least one, two, three, four, five different areas of which the sciatic nerve can get irritated. And cool. the pain can actually extend all the way from the, like from the low back, and it can actually extend all the way down to the backside of your thigh, and then to the area below your knee. So what's interesting is the fact that the sciatic nerve is actually, it actually is the longest nerve in the human body. And once it exits your spine, it actually passes through a lot of different structures. It runs right underneath your piriformis muscle, which people are often trying to stretch out when they are experiencing sciatica pain. And then it also runs the backside of your thigh between your hamstrings. And then it splits into two major nerves at the level of the knee, which includes your um, fibular nerve and your tibial nerve, which actually supplies the sensation and motor control of the entire lower leg below the knee. What I find is people get often confused. They're like, okay, well, if I experience pain on the front of my thigh, is that sciatica pain? Although it could be influenced by the same nerve roots, 
The sciatic nerve actually doesn't supply any sort of motor or sensation control to the front portion of your uh, of the thigh. So that, there's a there's a little confusion with that. Right. So that's how I've always thought about it is anyone who's kind of they have that pain and it's shooting down the back of their leg. Right. It's So would you say that's pretty a clear indication that that's probably what you're dealing with? Yes. Yeah. And so when you're experiencing pain there, sciatica is really just more so a classification saying that you actually have pain there. I think one of the big challenges is people when they think, okay, I have pain in the back of my thigh. Okay. It's sciatica. And they go online and they search sciatica stretches. There's going to be a countless number of articles talking about the best stretches for sciatica pain. And the reality is that sciatica irritation can be caused by a multitude of factors. Uh, would you like for me to go over like what areas? Yes, absolutely. I, I, I want to hear this because I guess the stretches are people typically stretching their legs, like stretching their, their hamstrings when they maybe should be stretching their back. So I guess you could probably give us some of that, those details. Yeah. Um, so the, and this is my approach to all pain relief. The first step to dealing with pain is finding the positions, stretches, or exercises that actually bring the pain down. And the great thing is the fact that the human body is actually quite responsive. And so you'll know if stretch is working for you if you assume a position and it actually reduces your pain or changes the intensity of your pain. And so there's a multitude of areas or sources of which the sciatic nerve can be irritated. And let's talk about the two most common pieces of where people think, okay, well, I have my back, uh, the sciatica starts on my back. And most people think, okay, it could be a herniated disc. It could be arthritis or what most people, or what most people can call stenosis. And so when you're having your sciatica pain caused by a disc issue, um, in some cases, the disc can move a little bit more. And I like to uh, create the analogy that a disc is kind of like a jelly donut, where the jelly donut itself, it's, it's a series of connective tissues, which actually houses a gel-like substance, which is called the nucleus pulposus. And in anatomy, what ends up happening, anatomy and physics, it's theorized that the gel-like substance in this disc will actually move in the path of least resistance. So if you were to bend forward, the contents of that disc would actually move backwards. And if you were to move backwards, vice versa. Mm -hmm. And so most of the time, if people go to the orthopedist and get an MRI, you'll actually get an opportunity to see what's happening in that disc itself. Where is that disc bulge? And so in theory, our focus, especially when it comes to disc-related sciatica pain, our goal is to reduce reduce that bulge of the disc. And so mm -hmm. using the principles of the gel will move in the position of least resistance. If we know that the disc is moving, say, out to the right, a helpful stretch could actually be leaning to the right to actually push the contents of that disc back and towards the middle to root. Oh, um, to, to reduce the level of irritation that the gel in the disc itself can push on the nerves. So right. So, so would you say, is that kind of the theory behind um, those, what are the machines, Dr. Mike, where the incline, the, 
where you can get oh, on to, them. And yeah, you decompress. Those are just like decompression machines. You basically, mm-hmm. you're stretching the vertebrae out. Um, however, I mean, I'm a, I'm a radiologist, Dr. Mack. It depends on oh. the degree of herniation yeah. and stuff and how far that gel is out and stuff. But um, most- Inversion table. Yeah, That's most she, she wasn't going to let that go, Doctor Beck. She, no. she was going to, even if she Google, had to Google it while we're talking. Um, yeah, and so for most people, though, even, you know, even at severe degrees of herniation, um, stretched. Yeah, I think stretching can help out a lot. It may not, it may not cure it. It may not get it all back into place, but just a little bit can go a long way. For sure. So the herniated disc, that's one. Now, what was the other? You said there were two main causes. Yeah, the second piece is. Um, People often that what what I find is uh, people kind of categorize this concept of arthritis um, kind of all together. They call it like uh, degenerative disc disease or just mm-hmm. general bony overgrowths that you'll see um, stuff like osteophytes and arthritis. And that classification, the arthritic aspect um, is a little different where um, instead of this movable substance, which can be found in the middle of the disc, um, arthritis is going to be more so bony overgrowths. And I often tell my patients, arthritis, it's kind of like wrinkles. Uh, It's a a normal process of aging. And so one of the big things, especially with arthritis, usually with arthritis, you have these bony overgrowths, and it actually minimizes the space of where these nerves can actually exit the spine. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to hear terminology like stenosis, foraminal stenosis or spinal stenosis. And that's actually going to be indicating that there's going to be a narrowing of the openings of which these nerves are exiting the spine. And what that means is, say for example, let's talk about foraminal stenosis, which is going to be the space that sits between vertebrae of where the nerve actually exits. And so when you have foraminal stenosis, that opening actually gets a little bit smaller. And when you have a smaller opening, there's an increased likelihood of which that nerve can actually get irritated because it's kind of like um, you're driving uh, in a, I live out here on the the West Coast, um, Northern California, and there's some really crazy windy roads. And most of those roads are actually one way and they're one lane and they're off the edge of the cliff. And one of the most interesting things is the fact that you have to stay on the road um, Mm -hmm. and you have really conscious because if you just one small turn, your tire can get banged up because you're going to be rumming against that. I don't, I don't want to make everyone scared about the driving conditions out here, but you can, <laughs> in fact, um, you can irritate those nerves. You, it, and yeah. so our job is to be able to say, what can we do to open up that space? And so, yep. you can, you know, go ahead. Sorry. Now, so typically when people come to you, they've already seen an orthopedic specialists so they've they've kind of they've received the imaging they have their diagnosis or are you involved in that part as well i would say i'm i'm 50 50 some people some of my i would say 50 percent of my patients are actually coming from an orthopedist or had a radiology um report uh and then the other half actually come either to me from their general practitioner or they're coming directly through me and they don't have a medical image so based uh, on yeah. kind of that that diagnosis and the cause, then you would address uh, adjust your approach with how you would then manage and and help to provide that that pain relief. Yes, yeah, it's definitely a team effort. I think it's very important um, that both 
physical therapists and the physicians themselves are communicating. So both are on the same page. Um, I'll actually take the radiology report and ask some deeper questions to the patient to see is what the radiology report, is it correlating with the pain that they're experiencing? Um, and, and the reason being is that uh, out here in the US, um, physical therapists, although we do have the knowledge to be able to understand a, a fair amount on the radiology reports, uh, it's outside of our scope to focus specifically or to even um, prescribe or even interpret a radiology mm. finding. And so what that means is these radiology findings are really good. It's really good, useful information and will guide our treatment, but then also using the responses from the patients themselves. And um, say, for example, someone comes up with uh, spinal stenosis and usually with spinal stenosis, that condition, people will respond positively with forward flexion or forward bending, because theoretically speaking, with stenosis, if you bend forward and touch your toes, the opening of that vertebrae will actually allow the nerves to pass more freely, reducing the incidence of pain. Mm -hmm. However, in some cases, for them, it might actually make their pain worse. And so for us, we need to be able to take into account the radiology finding, but then also being able to see what is our patient responding to so then that way we can maximize their outcomes. And then, and then it gets really difficult when you have that patient that has everything wrong. <laughs> it's not, many of them have multiple things. It's not just, oh, you have arthritis, you have, you have a disability. A lot of them have all of it. <laughs> and that makes it probably even more complicated. You're listening to Dr. Ashley Mack. He is, um, has his own podcast. If, uh, I'm sorry, ifixyoursciatica.com. Uh, you should check that out. Dr. Mack, how do you, what about lifestyle stuff? Like, do you, do you also take an opportunity to talk about food and, and, and weight and all that kind of stuff with your patients? I'm so glad that you brought that up. That is actually a large part of what I do with my patients, because ultimately when people are coming in to see me, I'm giving them between three to five stretches focusing specifically on pain and incorporating the lifestyle aspect of it didn't actually start getting implemented until about five to six years ago, because early on in my career, People would come into me, say, two to three times a week. And from there, they're like, actually, I'm feeling great right after they leave at the end of their session. I say, fantastic. I'm going to see you in 48 hours or so. And then 48 hours or so goes by. They come back and they say, how, is, how are you feeling? And they say, I am feeling terrible. And for the first three to four years of my career, I was sitting there really racking my brain trying to figure out. I'm making them feel amazing during these sessions. Why aren't like why aren't these changes staying in place? And I realized very quickly that the hour, 45 minutes to an hour that I spend with my patients only accounts for 4% of their day. And if I'm only seeing them say one to three times, most most of the time now I actually see most most of the time I see my patients once a week. So that's going to be even less of a yeah. single digit percentage. Mm -hmm. And so I had to look at what are these other aspects that's impacting their pain. And um, what I find is we look at not only just nutrition and sleep and stress management, also weight, but then also their overall their behaviors. And so usually during my first visit, it's gonna be a lot of questions asking. It's going to be, walk me through your day. I actually encourage my patients to actually carry a journal throughout their day. So then that way we can see okay, what are the triggering events? What behaviors and activities are these patients doing between sessions 
that we can modify, whether it be nutrition, sleep habits, weight loss as well. I think the the weight loss and the eating habits themselves, they coincide uh, with each other. And so being able to take a deep dive and looking at the whole picture and saying what is truly influencing their pain. That's great. That's great. Dr. Ashley Mack is a physical therapist with 10 years of experience, specifically looking at chronic pain like sciatica. Lastly, Dr. Mack, what would you like our audience to know? Like, what's the take home message that you would like them to hear about sciatica? The most the biggest take home is focus on doing all the activities and stretches that actually reduce your pain and either completely eliminate or modify those activities that actually make your pain worse. It sounds really simple, it is, but that simplicity does not de- degrade its effectiveness. And so focusing on that is gonna really put you in a much bigger, a much better position yeah. as if you weren't to implement those. Yeah. If you'd like to hear more from Dr. Ashley Mack, go check out his podcast, ifixyoursciatica.com. Dr. Mack, thanks for coming on today. You're listening to Live Foreverish. Don't forget at liveforeverish.com, we have tons more podcasts for you to download, like, share, comment. And also, don't forget, subscribe so you never miss a show. That's liveforeverish.com. I'm Dr. Mike. Thanks for listening.